Welcome back, everybody, to the JP2 Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Perna, and this is episode five. Uh, We are actually recording this today during the exact time that John Paul II passed away 15 years ago. On April 2nd of 2005, it was actually a Saturday, I was at a wedding of some close friends of the time. Actually, I still still stay in touch with them via Facebook, uh, but I haven't seen them in many years. I went to their wedding, uh, which was very small, very short, um, but and then it was also uh, a small reception afterwards. And it was during that reception that we found out that John Paul II had passed into eternal life. Um, I remember coming home uh, to my condo at the time. I was still living in Phoenix. It was before I went to Franciscan for grad school. I was living in Phoenix in a, in a condo that I had owned uh, at the time. And come, came home, turned on uh, the news. I think I turned on Fox because that's about all I watch if, I'm, if I am going to watch national news. And I came home and I found um, one of the Saturday broadcasters or newscasters talking about John Paul II. And I remember crying uh, pretty, pretty heavily, kind of like the one when my dad passed away. Um, even though I had never met John Paul II personally, I had seen him three different times in my life, and the influence that he had in my life is is still, you know, it's, it impacts me even today, fifteen years later after his death. Uh, his his, um, you know, and that was before. This is that was you know my the influence he's had in my life is is he died fifteen years ago. I wasn't writing. 15 years ago, I hadn't gotten a master's degree in theology yet. I hadn't started the blog yet. So since his death in the last 15 years, I've written about him. I've given talks about him. So the influence he has on my life is still uh, significant and huge, even to even all these years later. So I always find, um, you know, I, I just I love John Paul II. Um, Pope St. John Paul II. And it's during times like these where I think we really, truly need John Paul II in our life. Um, You know, he endured suffering um, on a scale with the Nazis. He he endured, uh, you know, the Nazi regime, and he also endured socialism with the the Russians and the Soviets. So, um, you know, I think... Even though he never faced uh, maybe a pandemic like we're facing today, he's a good saint for us to reach out to because he endured suffering and we're enduring uh, elements of suffering, you know, in different parts of our country and different parts of our world. So I think he is a great saint. Um, I know a lot of people have started to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, uh, which actually, if you didn't know that whole story, is that he actually revised the um the investigation of uh Saint Faustina and the divine mercy um image and the apparitions uh, when um the story that was told to me was that when they first investigated uh Saint Faustina and the divine mercy apparitions 
it was found that there was nothing miraculous there. Uh, like there was so because the Vatican does a pretty pretty thorough investigation when it looks at saints, the lives of the saints, and and specifically apparitions and anything that has to pertain to private revelation, uh, apparitions of of our Lord appearing to people, like with Saint Faustina, or when Our Lady appears to individuals, um, you know, when she um, when she uh, when she appears as a. Uh, when she appears, sorry, I'm having some slight technical difficulties today with my recording device. But um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the church investigates all these, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. And, and what John Paul II did was the first time they looked at St. Faustina and the uh, Divine Mercy, they found that it wasn't miraculous. And then the second time around... Uh, John Paul II opened it up again, and they did. They 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 had stuff. There were things that they did not have in the second time, uh, the second the second investigation. There were certain um, pieces of information that they didn't have the first time. So uh, it's important for us to uh, understand that um, you know his his role in the Divine Mercy image and Saint Faustina is huge. Both of them Polish. Both of them from from Poland. So, um, so we can thank John Paul II for the opening of the second investigation of the divine mercy image and of that of St. Faustina. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about today in regards to John Paul II is probably my favorite document of his, and that's called Catechesis Tridende, which in English says, uh, means catechism, uh, catechesis in our time. Uh, I had read this document numerous times, for the first time I read it when I was the junior high coordinator for the uh, junior high coordinator at St. Thomas the Apostle back in between 03 to 07. And I read this document for the first time then, and I've read, I've read it probably countless times uh, since then. Uh, I've written about it on my blog, and that's one I wanted to share with you today. Some of these uh, image, some of these quotes from this, from this um, document from John Paul II, um, when I when I was actually the the blog post that I found these on, on my website was literally so, close to seven years ago, right when I had started at Saint Mary Magdalene, and uh, as many of you know, March thirty first, uh, just this past Tuesday was my last day. Two days ago was my last day at the parish. Uh, I was laid off um, due to uh, budget cuts. So I am uh, seeking new employment, but also trying to keep up my creative uh, skills and continue to, to do some podcasting and writing and, and job searching all, all while I, um, you know, kind of just try to keep busy during this uh, difficult time. So here's a few quotes. I'm not going to read all 10 quotes, but here's a few quotes from Catechesis Tridende, the words of Pope St. John Paul II. This is from paragraph number five. He says, The primary and essential object of catechesis is to us an expression dear to St. Paul and also the contemporary theology, the mystery of Christ. Catechizing is in a way to lead a person to study this mystery in all its dimensions, to make men see what is the plan of the mystery, comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth 
know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, and be filled with the fullness of God. So that's, again, that's a quote that comes from paragraph 5. Another quote, he says, To begin, this is actually from paragraph 14, To begin with, it is clear that the church has always looked on catechesis as a sacred duty and an inalienable right. From the theological point of view, every baptized person, precisely by reason of being baptized, has the right to receive from the church instruction and education and enabling him, enabling him or her uh, to, a, a true, uh, to a true Christian life. Paragraph 14. That was important because when I, when I ran the, the uh, Porta Fide program at the parish, so many of our adults did not have a, they, they had a great faith in our Lord. They had a great faith in our church, but they did not know their faith that well. And that was really a big part of, of the importance of um, adult evangelization and, cate- and catechesis for them. Another quote from paragraph 18. Let us first all recall that there is no separation or opposition between catechesis and evangelization, nor can the two be simply identified with each other. Instead, they have close links whereby they integrate and contemplate each other. It's from paragraph 18. From paragraph 20, he says, Nevertheless, The specific aim of catechesis is to develop with God's help and as yet initial faith and to advance in fullness and to nourish day by day the Christian life of the faithful young and old. Catechesis aims therefore at developing understanding of the mystery of Christ in the light of God's word so that the whole of a person's humanity is impregnated by that word. Again, that was actually something that was very clear for a lot of those adults that I that I served in the church and that I worked with in the Porta Fide program. Another one that comes from paragraph 43, a shorter quote, John Paul II says, the Christian community cannot carry out a permanent catechesis without the direct and skilled participation of adults, whether as receivers or as promoters of the, of the, um, Promoters of catechetical activity. The Christian community cannot carry out a permanent catechesis without the direct and skilled participation of adults, whether as receivers or as promoters of catechetical activity. And lastly, he says, it is true that catechesis can be given anywhere, but I wish to stress in accordance with the desires of many bishops that the parish community must continue to be the prime mover and preeminent place for catechesis. Oh, how true is that? So many parishes, I believe, I feel uh, that, you know, don't do a good job for adults. This is specifically for adults. They don't do a good job of reaching their adults that are seeking the faith. Um, And that was something that when I ran the Porta Fide program at the parish, it was something that I loved. It was really my dream job. Um, if I if I could say I could I've had a dream job, the being the director of adult evangelization and catechesis at St. Mary Magdalene for four and a half years under Father Will was truly my dream job. I loved being there. It was a great job for me, and I and I miss it dearly.
So let's pray and ask for the intercession of Pope St. John Paul II today on his 15th anniversary of his death and from the prayer that he wrote that's titled Prayer for Healing Beneath the Cross of the Crucified King. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Scripture teaches us, For the message of the cross is complete absurdity to those who are headed for ruin, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We preach Christ crucified, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the wicked and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us. May the power of your love once more be shown to be greater than the evil that threatens it. May it be shown to be greater than suffering. May the power of your cross, O Christ, be shown to be greater than the author of sin, who is called the Prince of this world. For by your blood and your passion, you have redeemed the world. Amen. Pope St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Stay safe out there, everyone. Stay healthy and keep on social distancing. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.